Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, it's one of America's leading marketing and behavioral management specialists and the author of the book, Brain Glue, it's James I. Bond. James, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Josh, for having me. Actually, my parents had me, but you're having me now, so thank you very much. <laughs> sure. When did, uh, when was, when is your first recollection of the connection to the international man of mystery? <laughs> I was born before the movies, but the books were out. My parents say it was, you know, it was just coincidence, but I don't believe them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it was, yeah, life was interesting. In the beginning, it was, it was uh, miserable, but eventually it became fun. Everybody laughs when they hear my name. It, the hardest thing is going into a room with a lot of people because like everybody goes, hey, he's James Bond. And it's like, okay, great. And I have to remember everybody's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great for being memorable. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about uh, the book Brain Glue. And uh, what what is the basic concept? What What is Brain Glue about? So Brain Glue makes your ideas sticky. So they stick to the prospect's brain like glue, making it easier to remember. So I'll give you some examples. Um, I remember... Um, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water, okay? Now, I'm, it was over 60 years that I, 60 years ago, the last time I heard it, and yet I still remember it. On my deathbed, if you said, hey, James, Jack and Jill went, and I'd finish the thing. I remember, there are certain things that we remember because they stick to the brain, because the brain is, uh, has patterns that are embedded in them. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example, because I've got like 14 different examples of brain glue tools, okay? And one of them is rhyme. So to show you how powerful rhyme is, when Johnny Cochran was representing O.J. Simpson in the murder trial, what did he say? If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> you got it. See, you remember it. How long ago was it? Okay. And, and so that was profound because uh, he had a, they had a ton of evidence against him. And yet the, I, I saw the two of the jurors being interviewed after the trial. And they said, well, with all that evidence against O.J., how come you found him not guilty? And one of them leaned over and started saying this while the other one's nodding her head. And she said, well, we knew if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. The gloves didn't fit. We had to acquit. Mm. It's powerful. When we realize, you know, when we realize the power of certain tools in rhyme, it's just, it's, it's just, um, you know, it just, it, it, it blows our mind because it sticks to the brain. Mm. So that's rhyme is one. But I just saw this ad. I thought it was hilarious. Sometimes you use, um, you use something that's already stuck in everybody's brain. I'll give you an example. When I was a baby, when I was a young, when I had young kids, we would say head and shoulders, knees and toes, eyes, ears, mouth and nose. And that's embedded in a ton of people's brains already. So if you're coming out with a dandruff shampoo, what's a good name for a dandruff shampoo? 
Mm-hmm. Head and shoulders. You think Procter and Gamble did that by accident or by, you know, I mean, no, they they chose it because they knew it's already embedded in people's brains. I saw this ad for Pampers diapers to pee or not to pee. <laughs> we have the answer. You know, they, I mean, it's just what a funny thing, but it sticks in the brain and you go like, whoa, oh God, you know, people are sharing it. You know, I had somebody share it with me. Um, we have uh, from Star Wars. Well, this is not from Star Wars. This is from uh, Durex Condoms. Luke, I am not your father. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at this, and then so one of them is a, a, um, is a metaphor or analogy. I heard this one. I thought it was so great. Some people are like clouds. When they disappear, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> when you say it as a metaphor suddenly it pops the brain and so like i i i had a, i'm from in southern uh, southern california now and but i initially started an advertising agency in montreal i'm from montreal and then um about 35 years ago we moved to california and eventually i had a behavioral management firm i had actually america uh, california one of california's leading behavioral management firms that we ran which is really powerful how do you change behavior of people and that's why i'm very power i'm very focused on this um, in fact, um, just an example is um, there was an ad. We've seen the Got Milk ads. Got Milk is fantastic, right? It's terrible from a marketing standpoint. Here's an article in Business Week. It goes, Got Milk, after $385 million, sales still continue to decline. So why does it decline when it's so memorable? I mean, think about it. We have, you know, I have... Uh, the milk mustache book and the, and the uh, you know, got milk book, you know, my kids had a poster for got milk and all that stuff and for milk mustache with famous people. <clears throat> but it doesn't address the reason why we should buy milk. Mm. So milk used to sell like crazy because it's loaded with calcium, which strengthens the bones. And because uh, um, it's, uh, um, let's see, um, why would we drink milk? Oh, so because, well, mostly because it strengthens the bones and calcium with calcium, okay? Mm-hmm. But we discovered a few things. First one is you can get calcium from spinach. I mean, you don't need milk to get calcium. That's the first thing. But the second thing was a lot of people felt that they had um, um, lactose intolerance, okay? And lactose intolerance reduced, you know, I mean, I don't have lactose intolerance, but I still go like, I don't want to drink a lot of milk in case I have lactose intolerance, Okay, so somebody has is lactose intolerance where they feel like they get sick when they drink milk and you said got milk, they might love the campaign, but they're not going to drink milk. And so what happens is, and you know, milk was uh, connected, not accurately, but connected to certain types of cancer, for example, things like that. And it just embeds in people's minds that, wow, maybe we don't want to drink milk. And it lowered the count. And so got milk, as good as it was as a as a promotion idea, it didn't sell. It's almost like, you know, you or I can dress as a clown. I mean, we're not McDonald's, so, but we can dress as a clown. We're going to get attention, but it doesn't mean we're going to make the sales. Um, so Wonder Bread invented sliced bread. You know, you've probably heard the term, boy, that's, as, yeah, that's the greatest invention since sliced bread. Well, Wonder Bread actually invented sliced bread, but they bleached the bread also. And so uh, there was an illness called... Uh, uh, there's an illness that's very similar to um, uh, what we're having with COVID. And suddenly people are dying all over the place and, and people didn't know what was happening, everything. Pellegra is the illness. And they discovered that it's the absence of vitamin B3. And so because, um, because Wonder Bread bleached their bread, they killed off all the, vitam- all the vitamins and yeah. minerals oh, inside yeah. the bread. 
So their competitors came up with, because Wonder Bread dominated for 10 years, Wonder Bread dominated the, the bread market. And their competitors came up with a, com a comment using rhyme, okay? The whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. <laughs> okay? How's that? <laughs> talk about repositioning the competition. Yeah, talk about repositioning the competition there. <laughs> well, the competition said, <laughs> literally, yeah. it took Wonder Bread from for dominating the, the marketplace to almost going bankrupt. And they had to, they had to come up with... Um, 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 fortifying food. Yeah, and they said that yeah. Selling it with niacin, which has tons of B3 and vitamins and minerals. And so they actually invented, Wonder Bread ended up having to invent, uh, you know, fortifying the food because of that phrase. That phrase was so powerful. You know, when you get a powerful phrase, it spreads like 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 wildfire. And so the whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. What? You know, really? Yeah. Don't you want to eat Wonder Bread? The whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. You're probably going to get pellagra. And it would freak people out. And so the way I started this was um, I, I had an advertising agency in Montreal. We, we worked our way up and finally got major clients, Kraft, Timex, Avon, Abbott Laboratories, Seagram's was their world headquarters is there. It was fantastic. And I'm a logical person. So I would focus on logic. And we had an opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America. And we lost it. And we lost it for a good reason. Okay. You know, we had a logical reasons. They loved our ad, but when they saw the ad that they decided they wanted to go with, it was this guy holding an egg saying, this is your brain mm. and cracking the shell and dropping the egg into a sizzling frying yeah. pan and saying, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And when I saw that ad, there were two things happened. One is I knew that had to, that was a gazillion times better than ours. It was emotional selling. Yep. And second is it was emotional selling. I had no idea how to do emotional selling. You know, this is my, you know, how can I be in advertising or marketing and not understand emotional selling? And they don't teach it in school. You know, we went to the library. There's nothing, you know, they have superficial things, but they don't teach it. So what I did was I got, I created a box. I called it a passion box. And I wrote on a three by five card, your brain on drugs. So I remember this ad and I put it inside my box. And over the years, I've been doing this for 35 years. I was building my passion box. So it's big, it's filled. But every time my wife hated going to, you know, the doctor's office with me because I'd be going through a magazine and go, oh, wow, this is a great ad. She said, don't tear it out. Don't tear it out. And I would like, no, I have to have this. <laughs> she was like, sit as far away from as possible for me. I do not know that guy, you know, but uh, but it was just it was just really powerful. Well, then John Gray was telling me after about 10 years of doing this, John Gray was telling me uh, while I was in Southern California. About the his book. Venus and Mars, John Gray? Uh, well, hang on. Yes. But his book was originally called Men, Women, and Relationships. And it's a fantastic <laughs> book. Yeah. Men, Women, and Relationships. He sold about 20,000 copies, which isn't a lot if you think about book. You know, for all the work it go, you put into a book. And he's at one of his uh, uh, seminars trying to promote the book. And he said something. And all the women in the audience laughed hysterically. And all the when men went like, what are they laughing at? You know? <laughs> And so they were talking about how women and men laugh at different things and understand different things. Not all, but a lot. There are certain things. And one of the women said, it's almost like men are from a different planet. And he starts laughing. He says, it's, I guess men are from Mars. And the whole audience laughed. I mean, maybe we are from Mars. That's a whole other story. But when he got home, he started thinking, well, if men are from Mars, where are women from? Well, I guess women are from Venus because Venus is the god of love. What would happen if I changed the title? So he changed the title of this book from Men, Women, and Relationships to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And he went from 20,000 copies sold. Get this, okay? You know how many books sold? 50 million copies. Yeah. Almost overnight, he yeah. sold half a million copies, then a million, then two million, then five million. He sold 50 million copies of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus 
all because he changed the title. And so when I got home, I, I took, I had a copy of the book and I was going to put it in my passion box. I said, no way, this is too important. So I put it on a, my bed and I dumped the passion box on the bed. And I said, are there, are there categories that I can put these in? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus is a metaphor. Okay. It's because men are not really from Mars. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe, maybe we are. Uh, but what else is like that? And I went like uh, the TV show Shark Tank. So shark, it's not a tank full of sharks, but if they, it, you know, but it might feel like it if you're on the show. But the fact that they're called Shark Tank, if they called it the Investors Group, do you think it would oh, be as successful right. as Shark Tank? No. So, um, and then there's um, Rocky Road ice cream. You know, I mean, think of it, Rocky Road ice cream. So Rocky Road turned Breyer's ice, Dryer's ice cream into a monster of success because they were struggling until they came out with Rocky Road ice cream. So it uses a metaphor. It isn't like you open it up and you get rocks inside it. It's mm -hmm. like, it's, no, it's nuts and marshmallows and chocolate ice cream. But it, it's bumpy like a rocky road. Mm -hmm. So the first thing they did was they used um, a metaphor, rocky road. Okay, so that's cool. It triggers different parts of the brain. And that's why these things work. The second thing rocky road does is it uses alliteration. Okay, ruh, ruh, rocky road. I mean, think, and then I started studying it and investigating. Look at how many monster uh, monsters of success use alliteration coca-cola best buy paypal tiktok you think it's a, you know you think it's a, a coincidence that tiktok is called tiktok they're not called the chinese social media uh, platform you know nobody Would, wouldn't quite have the same pizzazz here <laughs> i don't think so that's right but they also use humor and humor is a powerful tool also okay and rocky road it was launched during the great depression and so because it was during the great depression the great depression was actually a nickname for it was a rocky road we're all on a rocky road right now so their comment was if it's since we're on a rocky road anyway we might as well have rocky road ice cream they made people laugh and people would buy rocky road ice cream so these are just some of the tools you know that you look at that you recognize i started recognizing in groups and i would put them together and so i've helped a bunch of companies but i also share this I'm a resource partner of the US Small, US Small Business Administration. So I do workshops, you know, I do volunteer workshops for, you know, 200, 300 people at a time. And I would share this. But so I had a client. So I started applying this with clients and it worked fantastically. You know, I like to say, well, I'm so smart, but I'm not. I just, I got lucky and I figured out this thing. I guess it's the logic in me that wanted to come up with the patterns. Okay. So I had these three guys. Okay who had a construction company. And I don't know anything about construction companies. I do now because you know, I work with them and some others. But they had three guys that had a construction company. After 10 years, they reached 2 million of sales. It's not bad, 2 million of sales. And construction, it's not that great, but it's okay. So I did this exercise with them as I'm starting to understand brain glue. And I said, let's make a shopping list on a whiteboard of all the different clients, you could, types of clients you go after, all the industries and clients you go after, you know, because they're construction. So they'll build one home, they'll build, uh, a, you know, a whole line of homes, they'll build a manufacturing facility if somebody wants, they'll do anything because they want business, okay? But I said, let's make a shopping list of all the different types of clients you're going after. Now, here's how the game's going to play. You have to pick one of these clients that you would only focus on this one and stop selling to everybody else. So, no, we don't really want to do that. I said, I got that. But let's pretend you're going to do that. Who would you pick? It took a few minutes, but they finally said, we have this one that's fire restoration for insurance companies, which I didn't know what it was originally, but I, I know now. It's every time, every time somebody has a fire, the insurance company has to pay for the home. 
So if, if the frame is damaged, you got to destroy the whole house and put up a new one. But if the frame isn't damaged, you know, there are things you can do. You want to make sure it's not going to catch fire again and all that. And so they said, well, we'd like to focus on fire restoration for insurance companies. So I said, okay. Then I came up with this concept. I said, why don't you call yourself the fire extinguisher? And we'll, you know, your website will be firex.com because we'll use the word fire because they're thinking of fire because one of our clients mm -hmm. had a fire. So fire, we're the fire extinguisher for insurance companies. You have a client that has a fire. We're going to call you the fire. So, hey, guys, we're a fire extinguisher. Just remember us, the fire X, you know, and you'll find us. Okay. What, what do you think happened? They went from 2 million after 10 years to get 2 million. In one year, I took them to 10. Okay. 10 million. And then two years later, they reached 32 million. By the way, when I took them to 10 million in one year, they razzed me because they said, hey, the goal was 12 million. I said, shut <laughs> up. You know, <laughs> they bought each other the biggest BMW. They get each one of them, you know, all that stuff. They're rolling in dough. And by the way, they went from two to 32 million in sales and only added two assistants. And they outsourced some of the things also. And that's why I realized like, whoa, this stuff is, you know, not only is this powerful for all these other people, this is powerful for us. And so, so just to cross a bridge on this, I had, oh, and there's something called chiasmus. So brain, so rhyme is A-B-A-B, -B, okay? Chiasmus is A-B-B-A. And famous people use it. So let me give you some examples of chiasmus so you can get the sense of this, okay? Um, okay, but just in plain time, keep her here. We got about two minutes left. So uh -oh. okay, I, I don't so want to, I'll tell you what, James, man, there, it, this is, by the way, world's easiest interview for me. Uh, <laughs> your, your book is Brain Glue. Uh, I want to make sure that we, we share this. Uh, and and the and that's the website. And that's um, brainglubook.com. We'll take people to the Amazon page. And you can see, you know, Amazon lets you look at free stuff. Like you can see some of the content. We have an audio because we have an audio book of it also. Yeah. Listen to the audio because <laughs> the, the, there's something that makes people, it's, it's hilarious, but it's uh, really powerful. But the concept of brain glue, yeah, it's just, um, it's blowing people's minds. That's why I got Jack Canfield who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. He sold 500 million books. He doesn't need me telling him anything. He's forcing everybody in his company to read this, which is kind of cool, you know? So somebody like that, he doesn't need me telling him anything, but he said, no, this is mind blowing because you start recognizing, whoa, look at that. Mm. These people are doing that. And you start to recognize, you know, I want to do this for my, the name of my product or the name of my book or how I'm going to describe my, my, uh, you know, my, my book or my business in such a way that people go like, oh yeah, that's really powerful. Because once you start, you know, seeing the patterns you start recognizing them everywhere. And then you realize I got to do this. I got, and that's, a, I, yep. you know, I, I love it because it's, you know, I want to help people and make a difference. I want to sell well, my you, book, you know, yeah. hey, buy the book guys, but no, but even if you don't like, just look at some of this free stuff you can get from Amazon uh, on the book. And I think it's going to really just blow your mind and start getting you to recognize stuff that uh, are going to really help and bring well, book.com <laughs> there we go well i'll tell you what it's on kindle unlimited i downloaded it and then uh i had a couple of audiobook credits some audible credits so i snagged the audiobook too so good recommendation and again the website braingluebook.com james i got two products and they've got horrible names right now <laughs> One one is in development. I don't have a good name for it. And then one like is a great product, but it's just an awful name. It's just, you know, very kind of on the nose, factual, you know, there's nothing memorable about it. And uh, so hopefully this book will take me through some exercises and some get some, you know, to, to, to kind of get some better uh, concepts behind it, better, better brands around it.
right? Yeah. Well, James, it's been great having you. Thank you so much again. Uh, James, I bond brain glue book.com. James, it's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, you're again, market behavioral management specialist. It, it's been a joy having you love thank the you, stories. George. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.